0: will take your Bibles, if you will, this morning, and I want you to find the book of 1 Corinthians. We are not going to John this morning in our normal study, but we will do have a Father's Day message, and I hope it'll be an encouragement and a help to you. 1 Corinthians this morning in your Bible, chapter number 16. Find that place, if you will. 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. And it's good to have Erica with us this morning. Good to see you made it down from Pennsylvania, Amen. Spending the day with, is this a Grandfather's Day? Grandfather's Day, grandfather's day weekend? Awesome. And uh, we're glad you're here, young lady. First Corinthians chapter number 16, good to see everybody else as well. And uh, Bill, I got a Father's Day gift since you came walking in there late. And anybody else came in late, we got a gift for you. In First Corinthians chapter number 16 he says in verse number 13 watch ye stand fast in the faith quit ye like men be strong let all things be done with charity I beseech you brethren you know the house of Stephanas that it is the first fruits of Achaia and they have addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints verse 15 is not our message but I do want you to notice Something about this family, the house of Stephanus, this, this man who was in his home, and how they addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. You know, the word addict appears one time in our Bible. And it's not referring to any vice, but it refers to those who have addicted themselves to the cause of the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to be addicted, if we're going to be an addict, let us all be addicted to Jesus Christ and to his cause, and to the things he has called us to do. And this family, this man in his home, addicted themselves to the ministry of the saints. I may preach on that one day. There's a, a lot of powerful thoughts in there. And, uh, and, and that means caring for one another. But I want us to focus on verses 13 and 14 this morning. That's our message this morning. Let's pray first. Now, Lord, we're thankful we can be here. We thank you for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that you are God. And Father never ceases to amaze me and it boggles my finite mind that we mere mortals clay and sinful clay at that can look to heaven and call the creator of the universe the all-powerful all-knowing god we get to call you father because you are our father through the cross of Christ and his shed blood, we have access and have been made part of the, your family. And as a father cares for his children, Lord, will you care for us in such great ways we cannot even begin to comprehend. I bless this time and this day. There are many men here, many needs, many different homes, and many struggles. So we pray that we would not say anything to be harmful, hurtful, in fleshly ways that everything that is said today would be through the Spirit of God, and that Christ would be honored and glorified, and that all of us, no matter our age, no matter man or woman, it would be our desire to be addicted to the cause of Jesus Christ and to love people as you have loved them and to act in the way you have acted. We ask your blessings now. Bless our children, both downstairs and outside. Minister to them minister with those who minister to them and help us today in this hour in this place in this auditorium we ask in jesus name amen we've mentioned many times how men are uh, a much attacked species if i can use that phrase especially godly men and men who want to live for the cause of jesus christ if you want to serve god and and follow biblical principles the world will hate you the world will despise you there's no denying that Um, men real men masculine men are called toxic a man who loves his family and leads his home and takes charge in his home and not in a brutal or dictatorial way but as a man who loves his wife and will take care of his family and leads his home he'll be mocked and the the idea of the patriarchy is mocked my friend these are all biblical principles anything that comes from the bible will be despised hated and mocked because we have our enemy who hates everything that god ever designed and made in the newsletter yesterday, we wrote a little bit about this, how God, in his first piece of creation, when in making, he made man. Man was first, and, and my friend, that is the pinnacle of God's creation. Not the animals, not sea life, not the fowls of the air, but human beings. Man is what God made. And then God, in his wisdom and his, his wonderful grace and, and mercy, uh, created woman out of man, So that man could not be alone and those two could share life together. Only a gracious God does that. Only a kind and marvelous God does that. And God put man and woman there and God put man in charge of his home. And and man was to lead his home and, 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 and protect his home and love his home and nurture his home. Now things have gone awry in our society. Manhood is mocked and manhood is shamed and, and, and manhood is maligned. All throughout our Bible, we see the idea of God telling men that they are to act like men and stand up and be strong and be courageous and be brave. Because if we're going to live for Christ in this world, we must be strong, we must be bold, we must be courageous because, again, we will be attacked for it. As Paul addresses the church in the city of Corinth, I remind you that this church Again, filled with saved people, but saved people who had a lot of issues in their life. And if you're a Christian who has no issues, we all want to know what you drink in the morning. (laughs) And uh, what it is you, you, you do, because we all have sinful flesh, we all got problems, we're all learning, we're all growing in grace. And Peter, who knew the taste of defeat, Peter, who knew what it was like to say foolish and ignorant things, later on would encourage the saints of God that they are to grow in the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, my friends. And that's how we all grow. And by the way, not only do you grow in grace, but you, when you're dealing with others, you need to help them to grow in grace and not be so brutal upon them. And so... These men we see in Scripture have been given commands by God to be men, to act like men, and to do the job God had called them to do. This Corinthian church had issues, it had problems, and it struggled with a lot of things. There was division and fighting and and, and fornication going on. There was uh, all kinds of manner of... uh, perversion with the Lord's Supper going on and drunkenness and, and Paul writes this to address this church. They're having problems with their marriages and he's writing these things to this church and finally at the end he says in verse number three, watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, be strong and let all things be done with charity. I want to, in the moments we have this morning, I want us to give us some biblical principles, not only for men but for all of us. All of us can learn from these principles that are given to us here, from the Word of God. The first principle we see here in Scripture, he tells us that, he says, watch ye, watch ye. And that word watch means to be on guard, to be on the lookout, be looking for something. And we're all to be watching. We're told, you know, "Hey, i got a package being delivered today, can you keep an eye out for it? Sometimes we're, we're told to, listen, you need to be careful. It's a bad neighborhood. You need to watch yourself. What do we do when we, we're looking around making sure that we are not vulnerable or in a bad place? We're told to watch. And one thing we need to learn to watch, and I'll give you uh, five things from Scripture that the Bible says we need to be watching for. The first four, actually uh, it's six things really, the first four are negative, and the last two are positive things. The first thing we need to watch out for, if you turn in your Bible, and I want us to look at a few passages more. Again, this will uh, help us to find these places, know where they are in your Bible, and also keep you awake in case you have a tendency to fall asleep while I'm preaching. So you keep turning in your Bible. Amen? I don't mind you falling asleep. It's the snoring that gets to me. All right? Don't, I'm, that's true, by the way. It's, <laughs> it has happened. All right? And, and Peter, Peter is, is talking here, and uh, he's, in, he's encouraging the people here on what they're to do. Now, verses 1 through 9 really are our text, but he says in verse number 8, a familiar verse, he says, Be sober, be vigilant. That word be vigilant means to be watching, to be looking out. Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. We in life are told to watch out for our enemy, the devil. Understand this, just because you're saved does not mean Satan cannot get to you. He cannot possess you, he cannot take away your salvation. But my friend, he can destroy your testimony and he can destroy your life and mess it up really bad. And so we're told to watch out. There are many things that, we, that Satan does. and Satan has a thousand tools. This is a, this is a thousand ther- sermons in itself. But Satan is the real enemy. And, and Peter was warned by the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, Peter, Satan desires to have you that he may do what? Sift you as wheat. Satan wants to tear you to shreds. My friend, were it not for the grace of God, all of us would be torn to shreds this morning. But even then, he tells us we need to watch out for the enemy. And as men, men have to watch out because of the tendencies to go with this world and to be doing the things the world tells us are in vogue or are in fashion. Now again, we try to dress in fashion a little bit. There's a store I haven't been to, but all my preacher friends go to it. They sell suits that are a year behind the fashion. I'm like, well, that's not a problem. I'm wearing suits that are five years behind the fashion, amen? <laughs> I don't know how old well this one is, but I don't, I don't keep up to date with the latest cuts and the styles. And so if you want a good suit, you can go down there. And, yeah, these are one-year-old suits out of fashion. I'll go down there. And I'll, I mean to get down there one of these days. Well, my friend, I, am, uh, I, I, I may be in fashion, but I don't do what the world is trying to do. I'm not moving with the current climate and and accepting what they say is acceptable. I I follow Almighty God. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God doesn't change. And we are susceptible to falling into sin when we move with the world. And we do what the world tells us to do. You ever been to Niagara Falls? It's beautiful. I encourage you to visit there. Both the American side, the American park is beautiful. The American city is, is a disaster, but the American park is beautiful. The Canadian side, the, the park, and the city are both beautiful. It's kind of embarrassing to be an American and say that. But you go there, and one thing that it struck me one day I was I was there is that the water just keeps on flowing. It doesn't stop. They don't turn it off at night. All day long, 24 hours forever, that water just keeps rushing and rushing and going and going. We were at a restaurant there, which is by the edge of the falls, and and I was sitting there and I was watching the tourists, and I was having an anxiety attack watching these people do stupid things by the edge of that little. It's a it's a small wall, and then a little railing, and then you got these tourists just doing crazy things. The kids are walking along the wall. I'm like, this kid's gonna flop over. I'm like, I can't look at these people. I can't I can't enjoy my hamburger and stare at these people because they're just doing crazy things out there. And I asked the waiter, "Have you ever seen anything? Have you ever seen anybody fall over?" He goes, "Well." I missed one person by one time. A tourist was out there and she's posing with an umbrella on the edge of the wall and she's trying to get a selfie and she dropped her umbrella and she reached for the umbrella and she fell over and, and quickly was off the falls and died. They pick you up down the edge of what's called the, uh, yeah, the water makes a whirlpool, the whirlpool. They pick you up down at the whirlpool. Well, okay. friend, you know, that current will take you off. Without even thinking about it, there's a there's an edge at that river. If you walk down the river, it's the point of no return. If you're drifting and you get to that point, rescue boats turn around. They won't go past it because they know this is the point of no return. You're gone. And when we drift with the world, we move with the world. Understand? We're all going. It's going off a of falls. It's going off the edge. And when we move with that world, we find ourselves maybe at a point of no return where we've destroyed ourselves. How? Because we've listened to the lies of our enemy. And our master warned us that Satan is nothing but a liar and a murderer. You say, well, how do I know the lies of, of Satan and the truth of God? Well, you get in the book. You get in the book. And my friend, if you can distinguish who's talking, you can, you can figure out a lot of things in life. Anything that contradicts the word of God did not come from the spirit of God. If it contradicts this book, it's a lie. It's meant to deceive you. And so the first thing we're told to watch out for again is Satan and the things. He's a lion who walks about seeking whom he may devour. And this is written to Christian people. Christians are being warned. Watch for your enemy. I'd like to give you something else where to watch out for. Turn, if you will, to Mark's gospel, chapter number 14. Mark's gospel. Chapter number 14, you know this verse. Once you see you say, I know that verse. Why don't you just quote it? Well, again, I like us to find things. It, it helps us to look at these things and see them. It helps with our memory and, and, and putting things into us. In Mark chapter number 14, the Lord Jesus Christ is getting ready to be arrested and, and go to Gethsemane and, uh, and be crucified. And he's meeting with his disciples there in the garden of Gethsemane. And he's praying with them and and, and told them that they are to stay here, gentlemen. And what are they told to do but to watch and what? Pray. Watch and pray. And he says in verse number 38, Watch ye and pray, lest ye enter into temptation. The Spirit truly is ready. In another place he says the Spirit is ready, is willing, but the flesh is Is weak. My Bible says we're to put no confidence in the flesh. Stop saying, you know what, don't worry, Pastor, I can do this. No, the minute you said that, uh, then I get nervous. Because you're putting confidence in your flesh and your ability. I, I, I must rest solely upon Christ and the Spirit of God in my life to help me with all things. You cannot be a, God never told you to do anything in your power. You are to rest in His power and His might and rest in God. But we're told to watch and pray. Why? Lest ye enter into temptation. When do temptations come into our life? When we're not watching out for them. And when we're not in prayer with God. Now, we are not expected to spend 24 hours on our knees praying, but we are to spend some time on our knees praying. And my friend, if you're not on your knees praying and talking to God, you're vulnerable. Maybe health does not allow us to get on knees like it once did. But even then we are to be in a mind of prayer, a mind of kneeling and praying to God and pleading with God. And as the song says, how long has it been since we prayed and met with Almighty God? Because, my friend, that's when temptation comes. That's when we're not prayed up that Satan comes along and dangles something in front of us to lure us off and to destroy our life. How many homes, how many lives, how many ministries have been destroyed by foolishness because somebody was not watching and praying? How many teenagers have ruined their lives because they were not watching and praying? And so the Bible warns us, biblical principles, again, for men, as he's addressing the men in this, of the church of Corinthians, he makes that clear, but it's a principle that is good for all of us. Watch and pray, lest you enter temptation. There's another temptation we have, and look at Revelation chapter number 3. Revelation chapter number 3 in our Bible, we see something here we're to watch for. And you may not think about this one too much, but this this is something that hits us. And and, and it gets hold of us because we, again, we're not paying attention to it. You ever, I, I read a recipe one time, how to make blackened chicken. You want to know how to make blackened chicken? I'll give you a recipe, it's real simple. First of all, you, you go to the store, you buy a good piece of chicken, you wash it thoroughly, you clean it, you put whatever spices you want on it and then you place it in the oven and then you go check your Facebook account and you will have blackened chicken because two hours later you're like, oh no. <laughs> I was sound asleep last night. Where's Evan? I don't embarrass him. Where's Evan? Is he, he's outside? I went to bed last night, it was 10 o'clock. I was in a coma. That that first two hours of deep rim sleep where you just—they can rob the house—and I wake up because the smoke alarm is going off. And, and I'm, I'm, you're like automatic pilot. You're, you're you're not awake, but your body's moving type thing. I run into the kitchen and I was like, I just—it was the toast. The toast was burning. I don't know what happened to the toast, but I'm so I'm rolling down windows. and He's fanning the smoke alarm, and we're trying to get the smoke out of the kitchen. I'm like, as I'm. You know, because the smoke is, because he was, I don't know what happened. Now, maybe he wasn't paying attention, or maybe the toaster went bazooey. I don't know. But, my friend, if we're not paying attention, bad things happen. We'll destroy something. We've all burnt something in the kitchen. We've all destroyed something on the grill. If you haven't made a hockey puck on the grill, you're you're not really trying, amen? You're not really cooking out there, okay? Okay. And I was like, well, maybe this won't be so bad with a little ketchup. Maybe it'll be okay. And bring it, back, bring it back to life. My father burnt a hot dog when we were kids. We threw it to the dog. Even the dog wouldn't eat it because he burnt, burnt it so bad. <laughs> we, always, we always thought my father was Jewish because we had so many burnt offerings. Now, in <laughs> chapter, no offense to Jewish people. It's kind of, it's not, anyway, he says, verse number one, And unto the angel of the church of Sardis, These things, saith he that hath the seven spirits of God, the seven stars, I know thy works, and thou hast a name that livest and are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die, for I have not found thy works perfect before God. Now again, we can stop right there, but he says be watchful and strengthen the things that remain. Why? Because they're ready to die. What are we watching out for? Well, we're watching out for indifference. Indifference. When I was a kid, we, we had a fair that showed up at Harvey Field. They used to have the fairs down at Harvey Field. If you're an old carny person, you remember the fairs down at Harvey Field. I won a goldfish. I was excited. I came home. And for two days, I watched that goldfish. Then one day, I'm in the backyard playing with my friends, and I'm like, yeah, I won a goldfish. I'm like, oh no. The goldfish. It was a week went by. I forgot. I went, just up, ran up in the house, upstairs to my bedroom to look at the goldfish, and, and Goldie was gone. He was upside down, floating in the water. He died. What happened? Indifference, I forgot. I didn't my brother won a turtle when they could give away turtles before the turtles were illegal. And uh, and he won a turtle, he forgot about the turtle. He said, he went to touch the turtle. The, the shell was soft. The thing had been rotting in the bowl so long because he forgot about the turtle. Those were living things we killed. My friend, understand there are things in our life that are very precious. And when we forget, when we become indifferent those things will die on us. And so there's some things our life, our marriages, have to, we have to invest in marriages. Time has to be put into those things. Our children, we want our children to grow upright and to fear God and love the Lord. We have to put time into them. We, our work, we put time into our work to make our, our business productive. All things in life must put work into it. And our spiritual life, must have work put into it. I must set aside time to read my Bible. I must set a time to, 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 to pray and, and meet with God and talk to God. I have to get alone with God or I become indifferent and those things are dying. So I have to be careful, I have to watch and I have to strengthen those things. And my spiritual life must be strengthened. And I can only strengthen my spiritual life by making time for the things of Almighty God that God tells me are important. And the local church is one of those things that we must invest time in and make sure I'm there, involved in in God's chosen place. And my friend, the church is God's chosen place. He established it and gave His blood for it to establish this place that we meet so that we can fellowship one with another. It is God's place and if we become indifferent to it, it will die. And Christ is condemning a church here in Revelation because that church was letting good things die. And he says, be watchful. Be watching. These things are dying on you. And go back and strengthen them and, and build them back up. We see these horror stories every now and then by children who are abused and locked in their basements by these horrible human beings. And I remember one years ago about a a boy running through the neighborhood. They found him rummaging through the garbage can. And he looked like a 12-year-old boy, but he's 17 years old, but he had been so starved and emaciated, he looked like a child and did not grow and develop. And I got no use for them parents, by the way. If you really want my opinion on what should happen to those people, just ask me. But I won't say it from the pulpit, but it has something to do with tall trees and short ropes. That's all I'll say about that issue. When you do that the children, you need to go. You've declared yourself to be unfit to live amongst us. And you've got to go. But that child, and, all, and there are several others still locked up in cages in the basement. Emaciated and starving. Indifference. And sometimes our soul may look like those children because we have not fed it and nourished it on the things of God. Look, if you will, at 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. Look what Paul is writing to his last letter. If you you knew you were going to die and you had to write some things down for your family to know... And, uh, and you ought to do that, by the way, not that you're dying, but write down things for your family to know. You ought to just keep a scrapbook every now and then and just write things down in it so that when you do pass on from this life, that you, they find that and they say, this is the wisdom they have established and learned in their life, and maybe I can learn from it. I have several books in my office that several preachers have written. Basically, it's the same thing. Both books are basically some things I've learned and uh, things for the ministry, things in life. Paul's warning Timothy. And as a man who knows he's going to be beheaded soon, a man who knows his life is going to end shortly, is encouraging Timothy about the ministry and what he has to watch out for and what he has to be careful of. And he says in chapter uh, 4 of 2 Timothy and in verse number uh, 3, he says, uh, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall they heap themselves, Teacher, having itching ears." And they shall turn away their ears from the truth, and shall be turned unto fables. But watch thou in all things. Now we'll stop right there. But watch thou in all things. What's he to watch out for? He's to watch out that he makes sure that he gives the church sound doctrine. Listen, the church, my friend, is here to give you teachings of the word of God. We're here to instruct you in the things of God, to equip you to go out into this world. We're not here to entertain you. We're not here to make you excited or, or sad or, or, or happy. We're here, the church is here to edify and build up the saints of God. That's its purpose. That's why we're here. So that you will not have itching ears to be turned unto fables and all the foolish things that people will follow. We see people get involved in cults all the time. A group years ago uh, all committed suicide because they were they thought that Jesus Christ was coming by on a a comet that was passing by, and so they all killed themselves following this false teacher as they all expected to hop on a passing comet. What kind of who would believe that insanity? Well, apparently they did. They all committed suicide, and, and and are dead. Our ears can be turned away unto fables and believe things and be careful with all the, the internet and all the, 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 the... It's bad enough we used to have magazines and newspapers years ago filled with nut jobs now we've got 10 million people on the internet that are nut jobs spewing their garbage from their mother's basement and, 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 and be like, oh, this guy on the internet, just because it's on the internet, my friend, doesn't make it so it doesn't make it so I saw a YouTube video something else you can't trust either and especially with artificial intelligence it's almost hard to know whether you're actually seeing reality or not the only thing you got to keep you sane is this book not the internet not books about the bible but this book this precious book don't ever surrender it don't ever lay it down don't ever give it up it's it's the it's the sword of the spirit It's, it's your shield to protect you and he's warning him about false teachers. Watch for false teachers. Watch these crazies who come down. Every week they got something new. Always be careful. somebody. Every week there's something new in their life. They're never consistently the same and steady. They're always just zigzagging and they got this thing. And next week they're on this thing. And the next week they're doing this. And the next thing they're doing that. It's like, just stay, be instant. In season and what? Out of season. Now, those are negatives, but there are some positives that, we, again, we are to look out for. And, uh, and, again, I just we talked about this one, but this idea of, of watching and praying. Look, if you will, at uh, Mark chapter number 25, I think is what I want. I think I wrote down the wrong reference, but if I did, you'll forgive me because we don't have Mark 25. It's Matthew. I knew it was Matthew. Matthew 25. or No, Matthew 24, I'm sorry. Yeah, Matthew 25 and verse number 13. It's the same thing we just kind of talked about. He says here that, again, I am to watch and pray in verse number 13. Watch therefore, for ye know not neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. First thing, again, watch. I'm to watch and pray. I'm the watch and pray. Now, again, you said, preacher, you just told us that in a negative, yes, because of temptation. But in this case, I'm the watch because my Lord is coming. Years ago, back in the 1980s, we had to go to a house to fix They had no heat and a pipe was broken. So we're, it was kind of a weird basement. There was a basement with the boiler room, then there was a lower room. And so we're in there, we fixed the piping. We were there for a couple hours, we fixed it all. And then of course, once you fix it, you got to turn it on and make sure that everything works and there's no leaks. And so we turned it on and we like, I think let's watch it and make sure And in a half hour we should be out of here. So I'm standing there and my, and my partner goes, hey, come here, look at this. So we, he says, there's another basement down here, and look, there's a couple hockey sticks. And there's a hockey ball. And we got some cones here. We we'll Let's play hockey while we're waiting for the heat to come up. And I said, sounds like a plan. I'm 23 years old. I'm full of vim and vigor. And so me and him start playing hockey in the basement. We're checking each other. We're beating each other with sticks. And we're, we're running back and forth across this basement and, and, and going along. And all of a my partner goes, the boss is here! Quick! And we drop the sticks, go running back up into the room. I go, how'd you know he's coming? He goes, I saw his legs walk past the window. And so we go back to the boy in the room, and we're like, the boss goes, how you guys doing? I go, we're doing good. We just go out done, with bringing the heat up now, checking it out. He goes, why are you guys out of breath? i are just working. He goes here, you know, fixing things. He goes, what, I think, had you had yeah, we're just yeah. We're just, you know. We didn't want to tell him we we're in the basement playing because we would have gotten in trouble for playing hockey in the basement. We should have been cleaning up, getting the tools up and out, but we weren't but luckily he saw the boss coming, and so we dodged a bullet that day. Now again, we really weren't doing anything wrong. The heat was coming up and we were waiting for the heat to come up, but we decided to play hockey in the meantime while that was going on. But he's like Three four times, why are you guys out of breath? And I'm like, no Again, I was young and in shape, but not in that good of shape, that I still had to suck wind after 20 minutes of running up and down this basement beating each other with hockey sticks. My friend, we don't know when our Lord's coming, so we, we don't want to be like that. We don't want to be doing something we're not supposed to be doing. The Lord is coming again. Now, again, we won't get to all the ins and outs of the Lord's coming. It's in two parts. But understand, he is returning. And we want to be found faithful. I know I'm looking forward to the Lord's return. I want this, my Savior to come. I'm looking forward to glory. But in the meantime, I'm here and I'm still working. But that's a, a positive. I am to watch for that. Watch out. I don't want to be caught off in some, when the Lord returns. Matt, what are you doing over there in that foolishness? Matt, why weren't you where I told you to be? Why didn't you? And the command in Scripture is to occupy till I come. Stay faithful till I show up. And let's be found faithful when our Lord does show up. Lord, I I didn't go over there where everybody else is at. I stayed faithful right here. I won't go into it, but I think... The last guy was 1974 in the Philippine Islands. A Japanese soldier was still in the jungles killing people in 1974 because his captain told him to stay here and don't move till I return. And the war ended. The captain never went back and got him. They finally had to pull that guy out of the jungle. And he wouldn't leave the jungle, by the way, until his captain they had to get his, go to Japan, get find his captain, bring him back to the Philippines, go into the jungle tell him to get out of there. He killed like eight Filipinos in all those years. He was occupying till he came. First question out of his mouth was, "Who won?" Not you. Not you. occupy till I come. And they found several guys like that throughout the years, in the fifties and sixties. Guys who just still there in the jungle, thinking the war is going on. Well, oh, my friend, the Lord, the war is going on, and it's not going to end until Jesus shows up. If we go back to Corinthians, and I didn't tell you to keep a finger there, but hopefully you did. In Corinthians, this is a Father's Day message? Yeah, it is. In in Corinthians there, he says, and I'll be very quickly here and move along because time is moving. As he encourages the church and the men of the church, he says, Watch ye and stand fast. Watch ye and stand fast. And my friend, this phrase, it has doctrine in view. And understand, Satan cannot take away saving faith from us. If you've been born again by the Spirit of God, you can't get unborn. But what he does do, and and what he often does, is he obscures the content of our faith and the sound doctrine of God's Word. And if we do not hold fast to the right interpretation of Scriptures, we are certain to slip into wrong thinking and wrong belief and wrong behavior because we're getting messed up. We're not standing fast on what's true. And many Corinthians had apparently had been messed up. This whole book is about a church that got messed up doctrinally. They're saved people, but they're messed up doctrinally. <clears throat> and Paul, chapter after chapter after chapter, keeps rebuking them on what they're doing wrong and their doctrine that's wrong. And so he's telling you, you guys got to stand fast on the truth. Don't move away with the shifting of the wind. Stand fast on true doctrine. And so again, many Christians today, they, they, they get messed up into, into the, the newest phase of things. And again, I will not belabor this point, but he, he goes on to the next one. So we're to watch, we're to stand fast in the faith. Again, our hairstyles may change. I often joke with my wife. We ought to go back to the '80s. That's when hairstyle for women was really good. Jenny's with me on that one. Amen. That's when it was awesome. And uh, nothing wrong with your hairstyles now, lady. But it was really good back then. It was like this, and you, you, you had shoulder pads, and it was awesome. And and you, you looked like an up, a, a upside like a V. Amen. And uh, us guys liked it back then. We like you now. I love my wife. But anyway, I'm off track here. We, we, we want to... We I had an 80s moment there, <laughs> Tony. <laughs> All right. Best decade ever. It was. <laughs> we, we, had, we had a president. We had, it was awesome. All right. And uh, stand fast in the faith. So stand, stay firm. And he says, quit you like men. Quit you like men. Now that word phrase there, quit you like men, means to act like a man, act like a man. What's well, that what to mean. You're supposed to be some sexist, uh, patriarchy, misogynist? No, but I am a man. And I'm to act like a man. It means I'm to be mature and grow up in my faith. Again, this is the idea of maturity. It's the idea of mature courage. It's a person who has a sense of control and confidence, not that of an immature, childish person. Paul is commanding these people who have been immature to start acting mature. What was their immaturity? Well, I got saved by the Apostle Paul. Well, I got saved by Apollos. I'm better than you because Paul led me to Jesus. I'm better than you because Apollos. Knock it off. Knock it off. Children talk like that. Not grown men. Not mature men. You're to act like a man. And just thank God I'm saved. And I found Christ and I'm to go on to maturity. The Bible, in one other place, Paul says, "When I was a child, what I spake as a child; when I became a man, I put away childish things or childish behavior. I don't act like a child anymore. I'm a grown man now. I, I got a pet peeve. It's when men act childish that it, it, it we revert back to five years old. It kind of gets it, it, it rakes at me. It's like, dude, grow up a little bit. I'll tell you a story. I, Guy in church here years ago, years ago, opening day baseball season. And, and Steve uh, didn't have a job at the time. And I said, Steve, it's opening day. Come over to the house. We'll watch the baseball game together. The game comes on at 2 o'clock. We'll watch the game. I'll pick you up. We'll come up and we'll watch the opening day. Awesome. Later on, I guy, Pastor, I'm upset with you. <clears throat> Why? But you didn't invite me to your house to watch the baseball game. Well, you're always welcome at my house. And you can come on over. The game's at 2 o'clock. Oh, I'm working then. That's why I didn't invite you. Because I know you're working. Now, you're welcome to take off work and come to my house. But that's why. But he was throwing a hissy-feet all week because I didn't invite him to my house. Listen, my house... Listen you don't need an invitation to come to my house. Just come on over. Just give me 20 minutes so I can warn my wife and, and, and we can do the, the sweep through real quick and make it look like we don't live there and it's a museum and, and you can come on in. Amen? Pray for me. <laughs> act like a man, Swikowski. Right now. <laughs> act like a man. I'm going to act like a man. We're mature about things. Act mature. Let's grow up. But it's very easy for us all to go back and have that little wah, pity party. And, and don't go there. And he's encouraging these men to be mature, to act like men and be mature in their faith. And how does a believer grow mature? How? Because we we spend time in the word of God. My mom made us drink a glass of milk for supper every night. We had... we can. We, uh, at supper, there was a glass of milk on the table. We had a drink. I, my, I hate milk. I despise milk. I couldn't even mix it with, with chocolate or, 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 or strawberry syrup, but I had to drink it straight because that's going to build strong bones and teeth, and that's going to help me grow up to be, a, to be a man. And if I didn't drink my milk, my mom said I would turn into a little grease spot, and, uh, and they would step on me on the floor. I don't know what that meant, but that's what it, always the, the, the line we were told, eat your food and drink your milk, Milk, or you're going to turn into a grease spot, and we're going to find you on the floor. <laughs> oh, I don't want to be a grease spot. And so I, I, I drank my milk. We had those tall metal glasses that came in purple and orange colors. Remember those old metal glasses? We drank. I had to drink my. It's like kids taking medicine, amen? <laughs> you got the Kool Aid in one hand, and, the, and then the whatever, the day quill in the other. End. For 20 minutes, they. <laughs> and, then so, so I, and then finished my milk well my friend we shouldn't approach the word of God like that I've got to drink my milk I've got to read my bible <laughs> no mature men want the word of God they want to grow by longing for the pure milk of the word why that we may grow thereby you don't grow to maturity as a Christian if you don't drink the milk of the word of God. You will not. And he says here again, quit ye like men, be strong. That means to grow in strength, to be men of real strength, to stand against the world and his entitlement. Again, it's not talking about going to the gym. You want to go to the gym? God bless you. My father would say, any man who goes to the gym at night isn't working hard enough during the day. (laughs) <laughs> well, Gerard agrees. <laughs> now, again, I have no problem with anybody going to the gym. It's when you spend more time taking selfies at the gym, and you're in the uh, I worry about you. All right, so working out today. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, great! I'm supposed to like this. <laughs> you know, don't you have a? Does she really have a, pu- a puking emoji on all those like Facebook things? You know, but anyway. He's not talking about going to the gym. You want to go to the gym? God bless you. It's no problem. But, my friend, he's saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. Be strong in the Lord. He says, in in, in Timothy, he says, Thou, therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I'm to be strong in the Lord. I'm to serve Him. And I'm to live for Him. Somebody ought to answer that. (laughs) Is that you, Miss Helen? And then finally, <laughs> the mayor has a call. This could be important, all right? <laughs> it's all good, folks. It's just us. It's all just us, all right. We, I don't get upset about that. And finally, he says in verse 14, let all your things be done with charity. Now, all these principles that we've given you, To watch, to stand fast, to act like a man, to be strong. And then he talks about to be loving. The fifth principle for powerful living is the most comprehensive because without it, it makes everything else really useless. Love complements and balances everything else. I've met people that are all doctrine, all truth, and, and they don't have an ounce of love in them. There's no compassion in them. They, they could, you know, they, they'll, they'll, they'll pass by somebody on the street who needs help and needs the gospel and blow past them because it's all, it's all they are. We're to have some compassion about us. This world is lost and dying. They're losing their minds out there. They're literally losing their minds out there. They're butchering their bodies to shreds out there. They're doing all kinds of things that are harmful and detrimental to themselves. The Bible calls it opposing themselves. And what they need is a child of God who's mature, who can go out there and reach them with the word of God. But what's the key ingredient? It's love. Because you generally care for them. You're generally worried about their soul. And, and, And the psalmist despaired. Why? Because he said, no man careth for my soul. And if we don't care for a man's soul, my friend, how can we say we're Christ-like if we don't try to reach somebody with the gospel? When we love, it, it keeps our, uh, uh, us intact. It, it keeps us from becoming hard. And we can become very callous and cold and indifferent. One thing that's often said about soldiers, that when they go off to war, they've got a lot of friends. And they, all these friends, they all march off to war together. And one by one, they watch their friends being blown to pieces and shot and wounded and maimed. And, 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 and as they bring in the new guys, they tend not to make friends with the new guys. Because they don't want to have the emotion of dealing with it when their friend, this new guy, gets blown to pieces. So that what happens to them? They become cold. That's why war is a terrible thing, because when you come out of war and come back home, it's hard to flip that switch back. And guys come back with a lot of issues. No man ever goes off to war and comes home the same. He's always coming back with something. These politicians want war. I wish they would. They and their kids would go off and just leave the rest of us alone. You guys fight it out. We're, we're fine over here. <laughs> you guys go fight it. You send your kids over there. And don't send mine. We can become cold. It's a hard battle out there. But Christ told us we're to stay loving, that maintain our compassion and again, love is what the Corinthians needed most and is what believers of all ages need the most. Now, Peter talks about having a, a, a keep a, a fervent love for one another. And what does love do? Love covers a what? Multitude of sins. You won't be keeping scorecards if you love somebody. You love your wife. You won't, you know, This is the second time this week you burnt a chicken. This is the second time this week I'm having blackened chicken. You know. <laughs> or you won't look at your husband. This is the second time this week. You know, you'll just... You love somebody. You love somebody. And love is like spiritual strength. It comes from the Lord. Beloved, let us love one another. For everyone that loveth us, God is what? Born of God. The love we have comes from God as we're saved. And the Bible says that we're able to love one another. Why? Because He first loved us. And so we love one another. So there, as men and as women, as teenagers, here's some five things five principles that we are to put into our life to help us to be the men we need to be the women we need to be but most of all the Christians we need to be let's stand together for prayer Father we do thank you for your goodness and mercy we thank you for the grace that's found in Christ we thank you Lord for the encouragement from the word of God sometimes Lord it stings sometimes it rebukes us but Lord it's meant to make us mature to grow up to quit like men, to be a man. You told Joshua to be strong and have good courage. Lord, help us. to stand up and to be of good courage, to be strong as we face this evil world, and to not despair.